1: We have been preaching through Psalm chapter 23, and we call it the GOAT, G O A T, greatest of all time. That Psalm chapter 23 might be the greatest uh, chapter in the entire Bible. And uh, it's been read more, quoted more uh, throughout the ages. This psalm begins, it's like everything's rosy dozy. I get to lounge around, no worries, no cares, no stress. The shepherd is taking care of everything everything changes in verse 4 I wake up from my nap and I find myself in the valley of death dark shadows fears danger life-threatening circumstances and today we come to verse 5 I'm surrounded by enemies I want to ask you have you ever been there One day, everything is like going great in your life. And the very next day, everything comes crashing in. You lose your job. Your spouse files for divorce. You have a loved one who dies. You fall off the wagon. Depression sweeps over you. You wake up and you wonder... Where did the blue skies and the green grass go? And, and where did the shepherd go? And why did my circumstances change? And where is God? And why is this happening to me? Well, we're going to study verse 5. David, who wrote this 23rd Psalm, gives us three beautiful pictures. I hope you're taking notes. Picture number one that David gives us is a prepared table he says you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies this is like a change of scene like in a movie we were out there in a field and now we're at a feast we're no longer on a trail we're now at a table kind of an odd change but not really you see whenever a shepherd would lead the sheep to a green pasture the shepherd would always go ahead of the sheep and find a safe place for the sheep to feed. Shepherds would call this a good table land. That's what they called it, a table land, a good table land. And that's why he uses this phrase, you prepare a table for me. There are three small but important details concerning the table. Detail number one is God is the one who sets the table. David said, you, O oh God, prepare this table. This table of goodness, this table of, of, of sustenance, this, this table that has everything you need that God, God set, he set it all up, he set it up there for you. You matter to God. This table has been set by Almighty God Himself, and your name is at the head of the table. You are the honored guest. God has done that for you. That's what you mean to God. And write this down quickly. Even though there may be enemies around, the sheep are not in danger of any kind. So as you walk through this valley called the shadow of death, enemies are everywhere. You have a personal shepherd who has provided everything and who protects you at all cost. Who is our greatest enemy? Satan. And Satan is out to kill still and to destroy And David says, I have a shepherd. And even though I've been in a rough patch or you know you're in a dark place, God says, I still want you to be able to sit down, have a good meal, feel my love, feel my provision. Know that I still got your back. Nothing's going to harm you. Relax. I'm here to make you feel honored and blessed while you're eating. Even though you're surrounded by enemies, the good shepherd is going to take care of you and allow you just to have a good day. You say, how do you know know all that's true? Well, because of picture number two. Here's picture number two. David said that you anoint my head with oil. Now, this is very symbolic, but it's very factual. And what I mean by that is that Over in the Middle East, the shepherds who have sheep, they literally anoint their sheep with oil. You say, well, I never knew that. It's because you're not a shepherd. But a shepherd factually, literally would take oil and pour oil on the head of every sheep. Now, you say, well, why would they do that? Well, for three reasons. One is for medicinal purposes. To keep certain insects and parasites from the sheep, it worked as a repellent. But oil was also used for cuts and sores like salve or an ointment. It would soothe and it would heal. Secondly, write this down. For relational reasons, the shepherd deeply cared for his sheep. It didn't matter if he had 25 sheep or if he had 250 sheep. Every night, the shepherd would take his sheep and he would put them in what's called a sheepfold. And this always would take place as he would lead those sheep into the sheepfold, he would count them one by one. That's, we have that story of the shepherd who had 100 sheep and he lost one. He had counted them and one had gone astray. But in, 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 back to our story he would count these sheep one by one, and as he was counting them, he was also examining them to see if they had any nose flies, to see if they had any cuts, or if they were sick or ill, any infections. And he would anoint them with oil one by one. He didn't just take a bunch of oil and throw it at them. As they came through, he would use that rod, kind of like a turnstile, And he would anoint it with oil and let the next one go through. Because it was his flock. Under his care, they were his responsibility. And he made sure that his sheep were anointed with this oil. And in the same way, I want you to know that God in heaven cares about his flock. God cares about his church. This is his flock. This is His church. He cares about each and every one of us. I don't care if there's only 25 of us or if there's 25,000 of us. He cares about each and every one of us corporately and individually. So that when you go to bed and lay your head on your pillow, you have a shepherd that cares about you medicinal reasons, relational reasons, number three, for personal reasons. This might seem like a small point, but this is a very significant point. What did David say specifically? He said, you anoint my head with oil. See, David has a relationship with the good shepherd. David has a personal relationship relationship he didn't say uh, god you you anoint all head all the sheep with oil he has a personal relationship and so he writes oh god you have anointed my head it's a personal relationship that david has think about how many people are on this planet seven to eight billion people and god cares about every single one of them write this down You matter to God. If you read this psalm, the first four verses talks about the importance of the shepherd, but these later sections talk about how much the sheep actually matter to the shepherd. Oil was not cheap. Oil was expensive. So a shepherd would never waste oil on a sheep unless the sheep really mattered and so again i say to you that god cares about you david when he was about oh 10 11 12 years old he's just a little boy and david had seven brothers there were eight boys living in that house eight boys can you imagine and one day a prophet samuel shows up at david's house his dad's name was jesse so we call it jesse's house Samuel says, one of your sons is going to be the next king of Israel. Go get your sons. And Jesse only brings seven. Now this is bad parenting. (laughs) He's told one of your sons are going to be the next king of Israel. And he leaves David out there in the field and brings the seven boys. Samuel's got a horn of oil. He's going to anoint. And he looks at this first boy and goes, that's not him. Hmm, Not him goes down the line all seven he turns to jesse says jesse none of these boys are are to be the next king you have any other boys and jesse says well i got this kid he's like he's the runt of the litter can't be him he said let me see him so go get david they bring david back he stands before the prophet and god says this is the one And Samuel takes this horn of oil and he anoints this boy. Oh, listen, you may think that you are insignificant. You may think that you're just a punk kid out in the field that no one in your immediate family understands you. You're all you're all alone. You might feel as though you're surrounded by your enemies and that everybody's out to hurt you i want you to know that god sees you god knows you god understands you god loves you and god desires to anoint you with oil we know for a fact throughout the entire bible that oil represents the holy spirit of god and when you have a personal relationship with jesus christ god puts his spirit inside of you to protect you to help you to guide you to teach you to provide for you to lead you to mark you as a child of the living god but i'm a nobody huh that's kind of the point Number three is an overflowing cup. Write that down quickly. My cup overflows. This is the third picture. It's fairly obvious. It just means that my heart and life are full, almost too full. That God's been so good that my life, it's just the blessings of God just flow out of me. Now, stay with me. You got to read this in context. This is a guy going through the valley of the shadow of death who's surrounded by enemies and yet God is working to prepare everything for this sheep and to protect, to care, to provide, to guide so that that sheep can live, right? And in the same way, it just it's like everyone in our country right now is living in fear. Our country is living in the valley of the shadow of death. And they just we walk around like we're just like everybody's our in it, we're surrounded by our enemy. I've seen like I see some people, you have so much fear in you, it's like I'm walking up and it's like, oh, don't get near me. <laughs> and when I meet somebody like that, I know that that person does not really know the shepherd. Oh, you might you might know of the shepherd, but you don't know the shepherd because if you knew god if you knew jesus if you had a personal relationship with this shepherd you would know that he's gone ahead of you he has prepared everything in the midst of your enemies he wants you to know that you have the blessing of god upon your life and so even in the wilderness even in the valley, and yes, even in the pandemic, even though I feel as though I'm surrounded by my enemies, I know the hand of God is upon me. I have nothing to worry about, nothing to worry about. (laughs) Write this down. That overflowing cup represents total satisfaction. And it represents that I have a need of nothing else. That's what it means that my cup is overflowing. If you go ever go over to the Middle East, and I go over there when we do these trips to Israel, and anyone ever invites you inside their house, and this has happened many times, you know, like the bus driver will say, "Hey, come eat my family." I say, okay, I go over to his house, and when you walk in, he's had he has a table set up, and he's got a cup that's full of hot tea and as you sit down and as you drink it gets about half full he gets up and he gets some more and they come and they fill it back up it's like a contest (laughs) i take like three sips and he fills it up and as long as he keeps filling that cup up you know what it means that he keeps filling that cup up it means that he's having a good time and that you're keep stay. But there'll come a point where he won't get up and fill the cup and the cup goes empty. And when the cup goes completely empty and he doesn't get up and go fill it up, what he's saying to you politely, hey, it's time for you to leave. (laughs) Right? Well, see, God has this relationship with every one of us and he just fills our cup and he just keeps filling it and it's full to overflowing god has filled my cup god meets my need and then some the cup is always full it's i my life i'm just overflowing i my life is is full and overflowing with god's provisions i had food yesterday i'm gonna have food today and i'm gonna have food tomorrow and i have water to drink and i have a place to lay my head i have a church in our city that that is the greatest church ever And I have all these blessings that just overflow. And I'm overflowing with God's forgiveness. God has forgiven me so many times. I'm, I'm overflowing with God's mercy. I'm overflowing with God's grace. I'm overflowing with God's love. And I'm overflowing with God's mercy. I'm overflowing with the Holy Spirit that is within me. His Spirit, His character, overflowing with God's protection. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Overflowing simply means that you have more than you will ever need. More than you will ever need. We see the grace of God all the way back a thousand years before Jesus Christ ever showed up. There's this preacher who grew up, he grew up next to an Indian reservation, so he knew all the cultural customs of the Cherokee. In this one particular tribe, he'd heard this story many times of the father who was trying to teach his son as that boy went from childhood into adulthood. They had this ritual they did. And the dad would take the boy out to the mountains, up into the forest, a place where that boy could never, ever possibly find his way back home. Take him out there, sun's getting ready to go down, and the the ritual was, son, you have to stay right here all night long. And you're going to become a man if you can survive. Can't move, no fire, no food, no nothing. And the dad would say to the boy, do you understand? The boy would say, yes, dad. Do you have any questions? The boy usually wouldn't ask a question. And then the last thing the father would say to that boy before he left him out there on that mountain He'd say, son, remember this one truth. You have nothing to fear. And the dad would leave. That boy up there on that mountain. The boys would tell the story. How it was the worst night of their life. Out there all alone for the first time. Every little leaf that fell, they thought it was a bear. Every noise, it was a wild coyote, they thought. No food, no fire. Out there all alone all night long. When the sun would come up the next morning, they'd kind of rub their eyes, kind of getting used to everything. The boy would look And see someone standing over here about 30 feet away. It was his dad. That father was there all night long. Not for a second did he take his eye off that boy. And he had a gun. (laughs) And in that same way. Every one of us need to start maturing in our faith and start to realize that we have a shepherd with a rod and a staff, ninja shepherd, (laughs) who's fighting off all the enemies, the things that you think are going to take you down. And you can rest and live a good life and a life overflowing with the goodness of God.
0: The secret to overcoming any obstacle you are facing today is revealed through one of the most extraordinary victories ever recorded in the Bible, the Battle of Jericho. Joshua and the Israelites followed God's unusual plan to walk around the heavily fortified walls of Jericho for seven days. The Lord promised that at the end of those seven days, He would cause the walls of that famed city to fall, allowing His people to take possession of the Promised Land. In his book, Walls Fall Down, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shows us how the seven spiritual principles in this story are available for all of us today. You will learn how the foundation behind Joshua's victory is the key to overcoming your own hurdles and unsolvable issues. When you choose to do things God's way, walls crumble, victory replaces defeat, and a blessed future unfolds. Pastor Dudley's book, Walls Fall Down, is available for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This invaluable resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover how your personal Jericho battle is no match for the power of an awesome God. Call us right now and receive your copy of Walls Fall Down by Pastor Dudley Rutherford today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at the same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.